0: Well, let's check in on uh, the main story out of Victoria this week. That, of course, is the Altera Housing Society uh, and its relationship with BC Housing. Uh, Yesterday, um, the present board of uh, BC Housing asked that... uh, uh, Atira uh, Women's Resource Society um, returned 1.9 million dollars from the 2020-2021 budget, which they said was a surplus. It should be returned. They also said they wanted um, renewal when it comes to the leadership, but uh, its board, Atira's board, said they have full confidence in CEO Janice Abbott, and is and uh, at this point uh, she is not stepping down. As uh, many of you know, uh, our, her husband uh, Shane Ramsey ran um, BC Housing for over 22 years. Um, uh, and the complaint, and what this report from Ernst Young found, was there's a pattern of mismanagement uh, which allowed a former BC housing official to spend millions of dollars in public money without proper scrutiny. And in many cases, they pushed projects towards Atira. Uh, and uh, at this point, everybody is, of course, asking, when will Janice Abbott, the CEO of Atira, step down? Uh, it's a, st- a story that continues to swirl in Victoria. Of course, joining me now is Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter. Good afternoon, Richard. Good afternoon, Janice. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, I don't know with the Atira board saying that CEO Janice Abbott won't be stepping down. I don't know what that is, stubbornness, arrogance. Uh, I'm just quite surprised that they're actually digging in their heels.
1: I'm not really surprised they're digging in their heels. What surprises me is that we haven't even heard from Janice Abbott. And this came up on Monday, Mm -hmm. and there have been repeated interview requests made to her from every major news organization in this province, and she has responded to none of them. And we haven't heard her explanation other than this statement that was sent out uh from the board saying in essence she did nothing wrong and we're going to continue to go as business as usual uh it is quite bizarre to me uh considering that this is such an important nonprofit in our province in terms of delivering households uh, homes it is the number one home provider the number one client of BC housing and yes Shane Ramsey is now gone from BC housing but it is still such a crucial organization and there needs to be some relationship between a tier and BC housing we know the new funding has been cut off by the minister uh, ravi kallon he vows as you mentioned to get back that 1.9 million dollars uh but how that's all going to work especially when it comes to the current uh, tenants of a tier, those current projects they have uh, is an unknown and and i and i think the the public uh, deserves some clarity on that, and, and part that comes from Janice Abbott speaking publicly about this, which we haven't yet heard.
0: Um, who is to blame for this? Is it the way the <laughs> NDP have handled this? And some have talked yesterday about Jen St. Uh, Dennis, who's uh, followed this story for a long time from the Thai E and, and she says, look, it goes further back than that. It's 2010. It go further back to the B.C. Liberals. Yeah, who isn't to blame here, Chad? <laughs> who's
1: like <laughs> There are so many names that come up here. There's this tangled web that Atira seems to have created, which causes some significant issues when it comes to placing blame. So just to look at the most recent thing that's unfolded is a breakdown of who is on Atira's board. And it's in essence a who's who of people who have relationships with those closest to power. Bruce Rolston, the Forest minister, his wife, is on the Atira board. Rolston recused himself from any discussion in cabinet around Atira, but still she is connected to a high-profile NDP cabinet minister. Uh, Jeanette Ash, uh, the wife of former Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart and a former candidate for the NDP, she used to be on the board. There's somebody from Anthem Properties that's the chair of the board. That is a development company that BC United leader Kevin Falcon worked for. Like these relationships are so interwoven, jazz. And then you just look at the timelines, right? We have heard allegations that started as far back as you mentioned in 2011 or 2012. We reported last night on the News Hour about a document I obtained that shows Steve Carr, the then chief of staff to the Minister of Housing, Rich Coleman, was made aware of significant allegations of conflict of interest. And those allegations outlined that Atira was ruled out of the bidding of a certain project, and then Shane Ramsey got involved, and then they were put back into the bidding and called qualified only because of that. Ultimately, Atira didn't get that project based on the decision made by BC Housing, but Shane Ramsey, based on those allegations, clearly was involved in trying to make his wife's um, non-profit uh, more um favorable uh in in that bidding process. So there's a lot to unpack there. Blame is hard here, I think. In part there needs to be greater clarity, but politically, I think both this current government and the former government did not heed warnings. And part of this is housing is so crucial. It needed to get done. Atira is ready to do it. And there was a blind eye turned ultimately to some of the things that was going on behind the scenes to allow that non-profit uh, women's housing to be built uh, largely in uh, the downtown east side and other parts of Metro Vancouver.
0: I'm looking at an article from, I think it's 2013 in the province, and I'm going to quote a portion of it. I shouldn't be laughing, but when asked in 2011 about the Ramsey-Abbott marriage and the potential conflict of interest, Coleman, meaning Rich Coleman, the BC Liberal Cabinet Minister, former Minister of Housing, Coleman laughed it off as, quote, a non-issue. Well, it's an issue now, that's for sure, and it's caught up and it once again points out what you have said, that it, this goes back beyond the NDP as well. So now moving forward, if, if um, uh, Janice Abbott hasn't stepped down, essentially, uh, Atira is telling uh, BC Housing, uh, their banker, meaning taxpayer dollars being spent there, Does do you just let Atira manage what they've already managed and never again have them apply or, uh, or at the very least grant them any more do- public dollars? I think that's going to be the
1: challenge the province runs
0: into long term. In the short term, that's
1: exactly what happens. And that will mean still significant provincial money going to ATIRA to help run their current projects. But as we move further along, and if there are providers that are unable to um, run uh, housing developments, then it's going to be interesting. It, it's also just a small part in a much larger issue, Jaz, that you're acutely aware of around how this province is hoping to administer non-for-profit and low-income housing. They are dramatically trying to move away from the SRO model. What that looks like long-term is unclear. It seems like currently ATIRA doesn't have a role to play in what that move looks like towards the future, but who knows? And and is it the province taking a greater role and really squeezing out non-profits like ATIRA? I don't know. That, that to me, is unpredictable at this point. Uh, if Atira wants to play ball here with government that consult- controls the purse strings, I think the only thing that they could do, the board, is, is move on from Janice Abbott because in the current state, it doesn't seem like this is a relationship uh, that is repairable. But who knows? As you know relationships and politics have a funny way of repairing themselves when it's in the best interest of both parties. So we will, we will see what that looks like as this evolves.
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting, but I just don't know how somebody who can receive uh, working for an organization, a nonprofit, can receive millions of dollars, but in some things they, some way feels they can thumb their nose at government that provides all the funding. I just cannot see how that relationship lasts. And I think tier also has to a certain degree, okay, they're not worried so much about the broader public uh, mindset, but I think they should because I can't see members of the public saying this is acceptable. Absolutely not. It doesn't pass the smell test, and it never has, and I think that's part of the issue as well. So it'll be interesting to see how things transpire over the next few days when it comes to this issue. Richard, thank you so much.
1: And quickly, Jazz, the other thing I didn't even mention, there's apparently a third Ernst & Young report into this conflict. We haven't seen it. What? The premier doesn't even acknowledge it exists. Yeah, it came up today in question period from D C United leader Kevin Falcon. So th- this is not the end of this conversation of you... Have alluded to, and we'll see if that other report ever surfaces itself.
0: Well, i would be very interesting. What is that next report going to say that we already don't know about? Unless yeah, there, it's I, another. I, I, bo- I agree with that. Another yeah. bombshell that lands and more money is being spent. So we'll we'll keep in a close eye on that for sure. Richard, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Jeff.